I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These stories contain distressing themes and brief descriptions of violence. This content is not suitable for children, and listener discretion is advised. At 8.20pm on the evening of May 14th, 2018, 37-year-old pharmacist Mitesh Patel phoned the Cleveland police in Middlesbrough, panicked and breathless. After returning from collecting a pizza and visiting his pharmacy, he had found his house burgled and his wife Jessica non-responsive on the living room floor, her wrists and ankles bound with duct tape. His voice was shrill as he told the dispatcher that he had put Jessica in the recovery position, but she was cold. Within two minutes, the ambulance is heard in the background, arriving at the scene as Matesh begins sobbing into the phone. Within a few minutes, Jessica Patel would be pronounced dead. My name's Benjamin Fitton from They Walk Among Us. Welcome back to Murder Town, the podcast. Following each episode of Crime and Investigation's True Crime TV series, we'll explore another case right here. When three ambulances and numerous police arrived at the scene, they found no signs outside that anything had occurred inside the Victorian semi-detached home. But upon entry, they would find the house ransacked, drawers pulled out, and clothes and household items strewn all over the floor. Jessica's purse was open, and it appeared that the killer had dropped Jessica's mobile phone close to the front door. Matesh explained to officers that he had left Jessica alone for around 35 minutes while he went out. He had taken the couple's car to collect his laptop from the pharmacy they owned only a few minutes down the road, and then pick up a pizza. He left the house at 7.44pm and returned just two minutes before calling 999. He found her lying on the living room floor near the window. With the commotion in the avenue, neighbours came out of their homes to see what was going on. An armed response unit had been deployed to the house and police were asking everyone to go back inside their homes as they cordoned off the house and street. Parishioners at a church just metres away were told to stay inside until police confirmed it was safe for them to leave. As police began speaking with neighbours, they established that some had heard what they described as a deafening scream 
not long before the police had arrived. The first thing investigators focused on was Jessica's final movements. They established that she had worked at the couple's pharmacy that day, only half a mile away, until just before 7pm. The couple were then home together for 45 minutes before Mitesh left at 7.44pm to run errands, and it was in that 35-minute window while Mitesh visited the pharmacy which closed its doors at 8pm and then swung by his local pizza shop that Jessica was likely murdered. Someone had to have been waiting for Mitesh to leave or seen him go out and take the opportunity. But what did the Patels have that would be worth killing Jessica over? Although not released to the public at the time, this was not a sexually motivated attack, so police were faced with the task of pinpointing a motive. The couple lived in a Victorian brick semi-detached home on a busy street in Linthorpe, Middlesbrough. Close to Linthorpe's High Street, there was always a steady stream of cars, and that evening, with it still being light at the time, people were out and about. The house sat back off the street, with the front garden having been paved to allow for residents of the property to park off the road. Although close to the busy shopping strip and schools, locals would describe the neighbourhood as relatively safe, and not the sort of area where murders were at all common. Recently, however, the Patels had installed CCTV cameras both at the pharmacy and at home. Matesh had an electrician come to the pharmacy and install cameras, saying there had been an increase in shoplifting. He also told a neighbour that he believed one of the shoplifters had been seen hanging around his home. After an elderly woman in the area had been followed up her garden path and pushed into her front door, neighbours began discussing ways to keep the area safer. Mitesh got the same electrician to fit cameras at the couple's home, telling him that he was starting to feel concerned about safety. CCTV cameras were placed at the front and rear of the property. Like most simple installations, there were blind spots. But generally, if a person was to come to the front door, they would be picked up on the footage and the front camera would clearly show people or cars coming in and out. A hard drive had been fitted out of sight in a cupboard at the home, so that any experienced intruder would not be able to find the footage to take with them. The problem was, though, when police went to locate the hard drive footage, they found the hard drive gone. Neighbours awoke the following day to police still stationed outside the house and the news that Jessica had been murdered. Apart from knowing that her injuries were severe, nothing more was being said. Neighbours spoke candidly to the waiting press of their shock that an honest, quiet and hard-working member of their community had been murdered. People shared their sadness for Jessica's family, known for their privacy leaving flowers at the house. Neighbours described never thinking such a thing would happen so close to their homes, with a few worried that the murder would instill a new fear in the community. It was the first time anyone in the area could remember such a serious incident. 34-year-old Jessica and Matesh, 37, 
had known each other since they were children in the Hindu community of West Yorkshire. They married in Leeds in 2009 after both had finished university in Manchester and Leicester. They moved to Middlesbrough, eventually purchasing the Roman Road Pharmacy and Jessica in particular was well known and well liked. As a couple they kept to themselves and very few people knew that behind the scenes they had been struggling with fertility and had undergone numerous rounds of IVF unsuccessfully. Not being able to have children had brought strain into the couple's lives in a way that Matesh had described as devastating. Culturally, they had both felt shame at not being able to conceive and Jessica had worried that Matesh would leave her. Before Jessica's death, they had frozen embryos at a fertility clinic in Darlington. A post-mortem had been carried out, but no cause of death would be released. The police would not discuss any details as they began their investigation into Jessica's life. Evidence was taken from the home and the pharmacy where Jessica had spent that day. With such a short time frame, it seemed likely it had been carried out by someone close to her. Police issued a plea for anyone who had seen anything suspicious to come forward or anyone with security cameras or dash cam footage that could be relevant. Detective Superintendent Tarek Ali from the Cleveland Police made a public statement that a team of detectives were continuing to work hard to establish the facts about precisely what had happened. Whispers drifted through the local community that police had their sights on a suspect and they were building their case for an arrest. As the Patel's home became a closed crime scene, Nitesh was no longer able to enter the property. While searching, forensic officers would locate a suitcase of clothes under the bed. Inside the suitcase, they found the missing CCTV hard drive. The murder investigation was now only going in one direction. The home's CCTV footage showed Matesh exiting the home, as he stated, at 7.44pm. He got in his car and returned at 8.18pm, just as he described, two minutes before calling 999. But no one else was seen entering or exiting the premises. After staff at the pharmacy were interviewed, West Yorkshire Police made an announcement that there had been an arrest, refusing to release any details about the suspect other than that he was a 37-year-old male. But there was little doubt in the community of who had been arrested. By now, rumours had been circulating that not all was as it seemed in the couple's marriage. By day eight of the investigation, it was made public that Jessica's husband, Mitesh, had appeared in court charged with her murder. When arrested, police found a plastic bag with £2,000 of cash inside it. A search of the pharmacy had located a safe containing a large amount of gold and silver jewellery, including gemstones and watches, as well as gold bars and £25,000 in cash. Matesh was remanded in custody until his hearing, which was made via video link from Durham Prison to a packed public gallery at Teesside Crown Court. He only spoke to confirm for the judge his name, age and nationality, and he did not enter a plea. 
Jessica's family who had previously remained quiet issued a statement via the Cleveland police paying tribute to Jessica, part of which read, quote, We have lost Jessica, a kind-hearted, gentle and selfless person who was loved dearly by her family and friends. She was completely dedicated to all of her family and her loss has brought an unbearable pain. We as a family are devastated and we would kindly request that everyone respects our privacy and allows us the time to grieve in peace. As the trial began, in front of High Court Judge Mr. Justice Goss, Matesh entered a plea of not guilty. He denied having anything to do with his wife's murder. Previously, when selecting jurors, the judge had made a point to rule out anyone who had visited the couple's pharmacy. He also ruled out anyone who in the previous seven years had used the dating app Grinder. The prosecution, led by Nicholas Campbell QC, presented Matesh as a husband leading a double life, a man who had been planning to murder his wife for five years. The jurors would discover that Matesh had spent years researching the perfect methods of murder and staging crime scenes. He had followed through with his plan on the evening of May 14, 2018, by injecting Jessica with enough insulin to subdue her, strangling her with a Tesco's reusable plastic bag and leaving her for dead. He then began staging the house to look like a burglary, which at that point the prosecution put forward that Jessica had likely stirred, eventuating in Matesh suffocating her with the shopping bag. Evidence was presented of the interviews Matesh had undergone with police. As the jury watched on, they witnessed Matesh describe he and his wife as being, quote, very happy in our little world, and that their dream had been to run a pharmacy so they could spend all their time together. To him, their relationship was perfect. They didn't need any other friends, and they could tell each other everything. But this would soon be stripped down as a colossal lie as Mitesh Patel's secret life began to unfold in court. Mitesh, who had described Jessica as his soulmate, had set her up with a £2 million life insurance plan and he had intended to cash it in after her murder to start a new life. When Jessica's family took the stand, they described Mitesh as being devastated after Jessica's murder. He had cried on their shoulders and told one of Jessica's sisters that if he ever got his hands on the murderer, he would kill him himself. The family felt blindsided. But it would be Matesh and Jessica's staff at the pharmacy who would describe Matesh's behaviour both before and after the murder as strange and unnerving. The night of the murder, Matesh returned to the pharmacy just before closing at 8pm. An hour after, police believed he had murdered Jessica. He was collecting his laptop, and the staff noticed three fresh scratches on his face. The pharmacist locum noticed that Matesh was acting strangely. In court, the pharmacist locum explained that culturally Asian men always shake hands as a greeting. This was something that he and Matesh would regularly do. But that evening, Matesh did not greet him with a handshake and he immediately found it strange. Another worker then observed Matesh going into the storeroom and commented to each other that it was strange that Matesh would be in there. 
it was not somewhere he would usually go. With the expert testimony of forensic scientist Nicola Taylor, DNA evidence was brought in. Matesh's DNA had been found under Jessica's fingernails. This was consistent with the scratches workers at the pharmacy had seen on Matesh that evening when he visited the pharmacy. Matesh's DNA was also located on the duct tape used to bind Jessica's hands and feet. Although this would later be argued as being found due to Matesh pulling the tape off while on the 999 call, the forensic scientist suggested there was no one else's DNA present on the tape. The Tesco bag, which had been used both as a ligature and a means of suffocation, had been tested. It was discovered that apart from Jessica's DNA, Matesh's profile was the most prominent contributor of DNA found on the bag. It also had rips and holes consistent with Jessica attempting to rip it open while being suffocated. In the home, no amount of meaningful DNA could suggest that anyone else had been in the house. There was reason that the judge had dismissed any juror who had used the dating app Grinder. Matesh admitted that he had been using Grindr and other gay dating sites for about a year since mid-2017. When interviewed by investigators, he acknowledged that using these apps and accessing these dating sites were, in his words, shameful within his culture. Matesh's use of Grindr was well known to his staff at the pharmacy, but as far as they were aware, Jessica didn't know. They saw him on the app almost daily, and he had been seen in the shop's CCTV, getting physical with a man he had hooked up with and brought in. But Jessica did know things were going on with Matesh. Almost straight after they were married, Matesh had begun an affair with another man, the doctor. This relationship had been going on for nearly eight years, and on numerous occasions Matesh had said it was finished, and he and Jessica could put the affair behind them. The other man had moved to Australia, and Jessica had many times caught Matesh on the phone with him. A statement was read in court taken from Jessica's uncle. He stated that in 2012, the family had been on holiday in Spain when Jessica had confided in him about Matesh's affair. Part of his statement read, quote, She said that he would come home from work and go into another room and talk on the phone to a male called Amit a doctor who now lived in Australia. This was happening every night, and he would spend hours talking to him. She said she and Matej had not had sex for ten months. When cross-examined, Matej did not deny the affair, or that he had had what he described as a handful of encounters through Grinder. He said that they were working through things, he had wanted children as much as Jessica, and they were working things out. But on a holiday just a few weeks before the murder, Jessica had discovered that he was using the apps again almost daily and meeting up with men. Matesh admitted to the jury that just days before Jessica's death, he had met another man who he had not slept with, but they exchanged phone numbers. Matesh's phone records would be brought in as evidence, showing he had been on several websites and apps on the day Jessica had been killed. Recent text messages between the couple revealed that Jessica had discovered he had also been having men over to the house. She had become increasingly reluctant to try IVF again, 
after realising the extent of his infidelity. Mitesh had also been in regular contact with Australia, and a picture began to emerge of Mitesh's ultimate goal. He had planned to cash in Jessica's life insurance, then collect her frozen embryos before fleeing to Australia. Mitesh had hoped to use the embryos to start a family with the man he had been having an affair with, and when police searched the couple's home, they found a list of items Mitesh wanted to take with him to Australia. The murder, according to prosecutors, had been meticulously planned over a number of years, but Mitesh had become lazy and impatient over recent months, and through the coming weeks of the trial, the jury would find a clear trail of evidence Mitesh had left behind. Mistakes had been made that would prove to be his undoing. Mitesh had been caught lying to a few people in the community after becoming obsessed with having children. He told his personal trainer that he and Jessica had eight-month-old twins they had conceived via IVF. In reality, their third attempt at conceiving had recently failed. He would admit in court to feeling great shame at not being able to start a family, and that Jessica was well aware that culturally he could leave her if she was not able to conceive. He stated that he always comforted her, telling her he would never leave, and she had nothing to worry about. He also told Jessica that he would put his infidelities behind him and they would focus on their marriage, but admitted to the jury that he should have been honest with himself and they should never have married. He disclosed, quote, I should have been honest with myself and I should not have married Jess. I cannot explain how I felt. It was the fear of being exposed as an Asian gay man. That was one thing. And the other was that I was not going to let Jess down. I had married Jess, and all her dreams were going to come to a crashing end. Mitesh's attempts at playing the confused and innocent husband began to unravel as his work colleagues took the stand. A few months before Jessica was murdered, a 17-year-old who worked at the pharmacy told the court how one day he had shown Mitesh the dark web. They had perused lists of sites for drugs, guns, dark movies and hitmen, and when Mitesh realised what he was being shown, he began taking notes so he could access the sites later on. On a separate occasion, he showed Mitesh how to access sites again, and this time Mitesh looked up suicide and insulin. When Mitesh's computer search history was explored, it revealed that in the years leading up to Jessica's murder, he had searched a large number of suspect sites and searched terms including insulin overdose, hiring Hitman UK, I need to kill my wife, plot to kill my wife, do I need a co-conspirator, Hindu funerals for a married woman, and how much methadone will kill you. Mitesh was questioned over whether he had watched a video online called How Long Someone Takes to Die from Strangulation. He confirmed that he had, and that a few weeks before the murder, he and Jessica had watched the video together. He agreed that it was ironic that they had viewed the video, and he told the jurors that, quote, For the last six and a half months, every day in that prison cell, one of many, many things I have thought is, how ironic was this? This was the cause of Jessica's death, and anyone sat there would be thinking, what on earth is going on? 
The CCTV footage that had been found hidden under the couple's bed showed that no one except Matesh had been seen entering or leaving the house that night. The story of an intruder was presented as nothing but a lie to throw police off. Matesh had hoped that Jessica would die from the insulin overdose, but when she didn't die he panicked and suffocated her. Collecting his laptop from the pharmacy was purely an attempt at an alibi and security footage of him collecting his pizza just an hour after allegedly murdering his wife showed him relaxed and smiling. A neighbour came forward describing the conversation he'd had with Matesh just a week before Jessica's death. While discussing the need for security cameras in the neighbourhood, Matesh had said, Jessica is stupid. She'll answer the door to anyone. She will end up being murdered. There was one aspect of the investigation and presentation of evidence against Mitesh Patel that would become a poignant moment for the prosecution. For a man so reliant on his online life, and on the apps that afforded him a secret world outside his marriage, it would also be an app that would uncover details about that night that Mitesh would not be able to explain his way out of. Police had seized the couple's iPhones, and both were users of the iPhone Health app, which among other things tracks the steps you take throughout the day, your movements including climbing stairs and your heart rate. It would become a legal first in the UK, as the first time such an app would be used successfully in a murder trial. The Health app showed that Jessica was active off and on up until 7.04pm when her handset ceased moving and showed sustained inactivity. Following Jessica's inactivity for the next 40 minutes before Matesh left the house for the pharmacy, his activity increased and showed him climbing stairs and moving around hastily. The time frame police believe he staged the ransacking. At 7.44pm just before Matesh left in his car, Jessica's handset suddenly moved 14 paces before becoming inactive again. This, police believed, was Matesh picking up her phone inside the house and dumping it close to the front door to insinuate a burglar had dropped it. It was the complete inactivity on Jessica's health app between 7.04pm and 7.44pm that suggested her time of death being close to 7.04pm and discrediting Matesh's alibi. While he was out creating an alibi, investigators believed that Jessica already lay dead in the house. Matesh's health app continued to monitor his movements as he visited the pharmacy and collected his pizza. When he returned home at 8.18pm, the app showed that in the two minutes before calling 999, he climbed the stairs presumably to hide the CCTV hard drive before making the call. Initially, Matesh had told police that he had not seen Jessica since lunchtime. He later stated that he had panicked and lied, worried that they would suspect he had something to do with it. He later admitted that he had been home with her for 40 minutes after she returned home from work, and he left again. With Matesh still claiming that the murder had taken place after he left the house, the jury was presented with his police interview, where he was shown the CCTV footage of himself. Officers could be seen asking him to explain what he was doing for the 40 minutes before leaving the home for the pharmacy. When questioned on this in the interview, the detective asked Matesh, 
So the only explanation is that you're in the house. Something has gone on in that house when Jessica has got home. To which Matesh replies, there's nothing to tell. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. At the conclusion of the trial, jurors deliberated for two hours and 50 minutes before reaching their verdict. They found Matesh Patel guilty of Jessica's murder. During sentencing, Mr. Justice Goss told Matesh, quote, You have no remorse for your actions. Any pity you have is for yourself. Patel was sentenced to life with a minimum term of 30 years. Outside Teesside Crown Court, the senior investigating officer, Detective Chief Inspector Matt Murphy King, released a statement which in part read, During the course of the murder investigation, Significant evidence emerged which proved Matesh Patel had researched and planned Jess's death for a number of years. In an effort to disguise his crime and seek to fool the murder investigation team into believing that Jess had been murdered whilst he was out walking, Matesh went to the extreme of staging the murder scene, making it appear as though Jess had been murdered during a burglary, something which the investigation categorically proved to be a lie, one of many lies which Matesh spun to conceal his guilt and devious lifestyle. Jessica Patel was a wonderful daughter, sister and friend, loved and respected by many, who tragically had her life cut short by the man who should have been there to love, cherish and protect her. Whilst nothing can be done to bring Jess back or lessen the pain and suffering caused to Jess's family, 
I sincerely hope that by bringing Matesh Patel to justice for his despicable crime, it at least brings some solace to them. Jessica's family spoke of their love and loss. She had simple dreams. All she ever wanted was to fall in love, have a family of her own, and live happily ever after. The man we welcomed into our family, who promised to look after and protect her, betrayed her in every sense of the word, cheating her of her dreams, robbing her of her life, and robbing us of her. I'm Catherine Kelly, host of Crime and Investigation's true crime TV series, Murder Town. Join me next Monday at 9pm for my visit to Ipswich, where Lorraine Thorpe hit the headlines for being Britain's youngest female double killer. But the wider story of the community she was a part of is even more remarkable. For more information on the series, head to crimeandinvestigation.co.uk and let us know your thoughts by searching for Crime and Investigation on social media or using hashtag MurderTown. The MurderTown podcast is hosted by Benjamin Fitton, researched and written by Anna Priestland and edited and produced by Chloe Frost. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.